from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great to be with you. We bring in my dear friend Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media and author of the book Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Steve, welcome. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate it. Hello. Yes. There you go. Can you hear me? I got you, buddy. So, Steve, I was celebrating uh, Adam Smith's birthday, <laughs> which was maybe yesterday. He was baptized on June 16th. Uh, right. 1723. No one's quite sure when he was born, <laughs> but we'll call it about baptism. <clears throat> but the point is, uh, he was the uh, progenitor of free market capitalism, uh, he corresponded with the founding fathers, Jefferson, Franklin, perhaps others. Uh, his whole point was to use economic freedom, free markets, free trade to promote prosperity, particularly to solve poverty. And uh, nowadays, we have slumped in our long-term growth rates, and we need to follow the dictates of Adam Smith. What's your thinking about this? Uh, well, the key thing, uh, Larry, is, you know, we've got an election coming up next year, and that's going to be a watershed election because it's going to determine, are we going to revive, rediscover and revive the principles of Adam Smith that enabled billions of people to have better lives and better opportunities and constantly improving standards of living? Or are we going to go to modern socialism, which is stagnation? Government determines what commercial activities are permissible. And we'll have a revival, deadly revival, of the kind of lockdown control of individuals that we had during COVID-19, mm. where they conjure up a crisis, whether it's a, a environment or something else, and put more and more controls. You see it with washing machines, air conditioners, gas stoves and the like. Every aspect of, their life, of our lives they want to control. So uh, the Adam Smith election is coming up next year. Mm-hmm. And you cited the statistics earlier. When Adam Smith uh, wrote what he wrote in 1776, when it was published, uh, over 90% of the world was in dire poverty, $2 a day in today's money. Not money back then, but today's money. As uh, 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 Rainer pointed out in that article yesterday, 20% of the people uh, couldn't even, were so malnutritioned that they were beggars, they could barely move. And today, over uh, under 10% of the world is in dire poverty, huge uh, strides ahead. And by the way, one thing, in the 1800s, when Adam Smith's principles actually really reached their peak, that century saw the greatest increase in wealth and standard of living in human history. At the time, at the same time, the population was booming, zooming. Mm. But since the Great Depression, we've been gradually going backwards. Got to turn it around next year. I like that, by the way, the Adam Smith election. I, I may adopt that. That's very good, the Adam <laughs> Smith election. And, you know, you and I were talking uh, about Dan Henninger's column, uh, State Capitalism, which is really, you know, m- modern-day uh, socialism through the regulatory state. That's the uh, phrase that you coined. And we have to be aware of just how much our growth rate has been slumping in the last 25 years here in the USA. I mean, that's, you, you look at, Steve, you look at these um, long-term projections of the Federal Reserve, for example, uh, or the Congressional Budget Office, you know, official government uh, operations, and they all show long-run 1.8%. Uh, by the by, got, uh, Biden's uh, economy in the last 15 months 
uh, slightly less than 1%. I mean, we, we should be pushing growth in the next 10 years at 4, 5, 6%, it seems to me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, you take uh, household uh, median income today, which is uh, roughly 70000 If we'd maintain normal growth rates, actually since the 1970s, that number today would be $110,000, $115,000. We've lost because of these disastrous policies, all designed ostensibly to help us. For their typical families, it was forty to $50,000 of income. And so that's the scandal. And the thing is, we, the, the, what's so terrible is, is people don't know what they missed. They don't know the great prosperity we could have had. And we're on our path to European-style growth rates, which is stagnation. Uh, 1%, maybe they get it up to 2 but uh, that goes against America, and we should be back to 35 4%, uh, however you want to measure it, even more. With all the great technologies and all the big things that are going to be happening on health care, enormous big things, positive things are happening there. Imagine being able to get a new heart, a new kidney, uh, like you're changing a tire uh, because mm. of artificial work that is being done. Mm. And so uh, we're, we're going to lose all of that if they crush research and development, as they will if the government takes over the health care industry, well, which yeah, is on its see, way to doing. Yeah, on its way to doing. That's right. I mean, you see that uh, Biden boasts about his uh, price controls uh, for pharmaceutical companies and drugs. It's exactly the wrong policy. It will it'll stifle the kind of breakthroughs that you're talking about. And those guys and want price way, controls in a lot of areas. Yes, and by the way... The only reason these other uh, health care systems run around the world is because we, in effect, subsidize most of the new medical devices, most of the new medications in the world. Uh, you can invent something in England or somewhere else, but if you don't commercialize it here, it just doesn't happen, doesn't get the real mass that it needs. So uh, without, if the U.S. goes the way of Europe, all drug, almost all drug uh, development will be a fraction of what it is today, medical devices. We are subsidizing the rest of the world of new medicines. That's why a system like England can go along, uh, government-controlled, is because we provide the innovation that their system on its own would be incapable of doing. What do you think about um, this latest breakthrough with AI, artificial intelligence? I'm reading all these people are fearful of it. It's going to destroy jobs. I mean, I'm not an expert in AI. I know a little bit about it. Uh, quantum uh, quantum computing going along with it. But it seems to me these technological breakthroughs, sort of Schumpeterian gales of creative destruction, very much, uh, you know, Adam Smithian free market inventions and innovations. We hit, historically, you get these breakthroughs and they create massive new amounts of wealth and jobs. I don't know. I mean, why are people so afraid of AI? Well, maybe one uh, one is the the name artificial intelligence. Our friend Mark Mills said, uh, "What a terrible name!" You know, we don't call airplanes artificial birds or cars artificial horses. <laughs> and 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 so for, for first the name, so you get sort of this Frankenstein thing of you know uh, take, taking over the world. That's but you have to remember, we create these things, and yes, they can be misused, but they're great tools. And one of the things I think is going to happen in the next decade or so is with AI, the time it takes to develop a new drug, which is now years and years and testing and billions of dollars, it's going to be done in a matter of months and a fraction of the cost today. So AI has the promise of getting rid of a lot of the drudge of working life and uh, getting a real, real value-added work. 
I mean, who would have thought uh, 20 years ago grandma could operate a supercomputer? That's mm. what handhelds are all about. Mm. <laughs> You're absolutely right. What should we be doing now? If we call this the Adam Smith election, we need a new economic agenda. We need to sort of go uh, the next steps from what Ronald Reagan did 40 years ago. Reagan unlocked capitalism again. What should we be doing now, Steve? Uh, urging the candidates to adopt these uh, pro-growth policies and do so in the way of the framework, like an Adam Smith election, so they realize the importance of this. This is not just about reducing tax rates or simplifying the tax code or stabilizing the dollar. It's all part of a vision of uh, making, uh, getting America moving ahead. Mm. And uh, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's all there. And so we got to provide the framework. This is why it's important, and this is why when uh, uh, some of the candidates come up against the Fed, we should applaud it as part of the grand new strategy to uh, 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 faith. You know, Calvin Coolidge once wrote a book, a set of speeches in Massachusetts called Have Faith in Massachusetts. We want to have faith in America again mm. by our own people and by the world's people. And so this is an Adam Smith election. So when we talk to candidates, uh, we should say this is why particular policies have to be part of an overall puzzle, so to speak, overall strategy to get this country to fulfill the promise that began in 1776 with the Declaration and with Adam Smith. I mean, I think the word growth has to be emphasized over and over and over again. And I think that voters want this. I mean, we've seen this decline in real wages for the last couple of years, and we've seen the stagnation in the economy in, in uh, the last, actually, it's, it's the last several decades with a brief interruption uh, in Trump's uh, term, but it, it wasn't sustained. And obviously, Biden has these socialist tendencies. I mean, I think the word growth, G-R-O-W-T-H, is really important. And I think the second word, prosperity, is also yes. very important. And, and Steve, I think the third word is that the first two lead to happiness. This is not a happy country because it's not growing and it's not as prosperous as it normally is. And uh, when you have that kind of environment, you get more social tensions. Uh, uh, people tr trust each other less when you have unstable money and the like, and people don't believe there's a future, that the only way to get ahead is by taking from somebody else. This is why what Biden is doing is so bad or the people around him is the idea that you can only get ahead economically is, is with permission of the government. Being, uh, being part of the government. I don't even want to call it a government uh, state social uh, capitalism because I like capitalism. It's socialism. You hit it. It is state socialism, and that's what they're driving us towards. You can't do anything without permission from bureaucrats who think they know better and who will live better than the rest of us at our expense. Did you see this story? <laughs> Biden was up here in Connecticut, and he gave a speech about gun control, of course. But he ended the speech by saying, God save the queen. Did you see that? At least he didn't say George III. <laughs> I, the queen is no longer. The, the queen is deceased, but that's Britain. This is the United States. Yeah. I, I mean, hey, I can he, understand. He forgot Connecticut was one of the original colonies. <laughs> I mean, I can see, you know, God bless America, okay, but God save the Queen. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> well, 
not sure. Right. I don't think he's going to be the candidate in 2024. I don't yeah. know how it's going to unfold, but this you, is this is becoming <laughs> intolerable. You've been saying that, and I, I I still I think you're going to be right. I think that the others are going to throw their hat in the ring, and he's not. I mean, it's a very interesting story. All right, let's take a quick break, folks. We are talking to the great Steve Forbes. He's the chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. And incidentally, his book, Inflation, What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It, is so terribly important today. We're going to talk about inflation and the Federal Reserve. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with Steve Forbes. I'm Kudlow. Stay with us, please. Larry Kudlow. The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're here with the great Steve Forbes, chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes Media. The author of the recent book Inflation: What It Is, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Steve Forbes, uh, after screwing everything up a couple of years ago, has the Fed fixed inflation yet? <laughs> well, inflation, as you know, is coming down, but for the wrong reasons because of uh, depressed economic activity. Hmm. And uh, as we've discussed before, the only way they know how to fight inflation is by depressing the economy. The real way to do it, inflation is reducing the value of your currency, in this case the dollar, usually by creating too many of them. And uh, so stabilize the dollar, and the inflation will go away. The economy will work things through. But uh, I just really gagged the other day when Jerome Powell was talking about, oh, this sector of the economy shows uh, higher, more vigorous wages, and we're worried about that. That part of the economy may not be doing. What is he doing micromanaging the economy? This is the U.S., not the Soviet Union or Beijing now, uh, dominating an economy from above. Leave it alone, but he won't. So I was glad they uh, put off another interest rate, artificial increasing the price of money, renting money. But I just wish they would say the economy is not in good shape. We're going to let it heal. You know, this is the Fed as central planner. I don't think people realize that. And they view themselves as central planners, you know, and, and, and influencing, if not controlling, all these economic sectors uh, by manipulating interest rates and their balance sheet. I mean, as I said to you in the show, we need a special prosecutor to investigate the Fed. I mean, we really, <laughs> we really do. Now, you could say politely, more politely, Steve, we need a monetary commission, which is probably a good <laughs> thing for these candidates to push. You know, I was reading um, our friend John Tamney has a piece up on Real Clear Markets. And it's interesting. It's something you have said. Uh, since Nixon went off the gold standard, gold being the key reference point for the value right. of the dollar, since 1971, uh, our productivity rates have plunged. Uh, and they were very strong in that post-war period but they have plunged since 1971. Now, you have written about this, and you've got stuff on this in your book uh, on inflation. So what do you make of that? Well, it's it's absolutely true. And one of the things that's not uh, been examined is why since the early 1970s have have growth rates uh, been so subpar of what they were in the 50s and 60s. Even after we exceeded pre-war levels of production, and Europe did the same, and Japan did the same, we were booming. And then uh, when we undid the gold standard, and you know, people have so many misconceptions about it, especially economists. You don't use gold coins. All it is is that it has a stable value, gold, 
perfect, not perfect, but the best we have in the world. So it means the dollar has a stable value. It doesn't, doesn't affect the money supply. You have a booming economy can boom. We point out in the book between 1775 and 1900, when we went from poor agricultural nation to the mightiest industrial nation in the world, the world gold supply went up about threefold. The U.S. money supply went up 160-fold, but mm. the dollar was fixed to gold. Gold has a dollar had a fixed measure of value, like 60 minutes an hour per clock. So uh, when you have these floating rates, it means you get less productive investment in the future because you don't know what you're going to get paid back in. And when anyone asks me, should I invest in gold? I know we have a problem. Uh, gold should be an insurance policy, not an investment, uh, but it shows the government's mucking up. How did we get Bitcoin? That was a high-tech cry for help. Mm. <laughs> yes. Actually, Bitcoin's done rather well recently. Um, so what's your outlook for the economy now? What's going to happen in the next year or two, you think? I think it's going to be uh, sluggish. I think there are going to be surprises for real black swans mm. uh, because the Fed doesn't know what it's doing. Uh, you have a lot of companies that uh, thought that uh, interest rates would remain zero forever. It was like the 1970s when uh, people thought inflation was going to be 10% forever. You had an adjustment period in the 80s when inflation was conquered. When your assumption of 10% rising prices went out the window, so even though the economy is doing very well, agriculture was in a depression for a while, energy was in a depression for a while, lots of commercial real estate went in a depression for a while, but the overall economy did well. And that's what we don't have today because we don't have policies that are encouraging growth that will enable us to pull out of the rut that we're in today with uh, minimal disruptions and those that are disrupted uh, have other avenues to, uh, in which to prosper and they'll recover more quickly. Are you surprised that the uh, stock market's having a comeback at the moment? I am. And uh, I always, we always tell ourselves the market is anticipating the future. Hmm. And it may be with an Adam Smith election coming up. It may be with what's happening in red states. Uh, thanks to the American federal system, we have economic policies that are diametrically opposed on the state level. We see what is happening in New York versus Florida or Illinois versus uh, versus Texas. We see the once great state of California uh, going, uh, uh, so surprised the governor's done everything wrong, thinks that qualifies him to be president, maybe mm-hmm. among far leftists it does. Mm-hmm. But uh, but uh, you can see the difference, and you see people moving. It's a big thing to pull up roots and, and, and make a move, but millions of people are doing it. So the market may be anticipating that, and maybe they're uh, keeping the fingers crossed that the Fed will stop misbehaving and at least uh, uh, go to the old medical admonition, don't harm the patient. <laughs> you know, it, it's, you can cut your own taxes by moving. And yes. maybe this is going to be a red state election because so many of these red states have cut taxes. It's really remarkable. Even while Joe Biden is raising taxes and, you know, promoting more tax hikes, uh, the red states... Everywhere. I mean, you just see it almost every day. Some state is cutting marginal tax rates. And you also see it in education. Uh, One of the things that came out of the pandemic was the parents could see firsthand what was actually happening in the schools instead of anecdotal evidence and uh, not really seeing it firsthand. They saw it firsthand. So a number of states now have enacted education savings accounts, which puts control of the money in the hands of parents, not bureaucrats. Talk about Adam Smith liberation. You choose the school. You direct where those funds go. Mm. And I think you're going to see more and more of it. Blue states will go for uh, the unions, wrecking schools, 
harming opportunity for uh, people where your uh, prosperity is determined by your zip code you're born in or you go to the red states doing these education savings accounts where kids can actually get a good education again and one kid in a family may go to one school may another may go to another school that fits uh, his or her needs a little blossom yeah school choice is, is catching on everywhere you know i don't know why the candidates the republican candidates don't talk more about this about the red state revolution and I, I, I wonder, the stock market, which sometimes is a good barometer of the future health of the country, you know, it may be that we, this will be a red state election. This will be an Adam Smith election. And that, that could be like a hidden, invisible theme right now, because usually people are very surprised. Anyway, Steve Forbes, thank you for helping us on a Saturday. We appreciate it very, very much. Thank you, Larry. Keep up the good work. I love the Adam Smith election. I love the Adam Smith election. Folks, we're going to take a break. Other side of the break, uh, legal analyst, Fox News legal analyst, Greg Jarrett will join us. We're going to talk about the Burisma bribery scandal and a little bit about the stupidness of the Trump indictments. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. Please stick around. We'll be right back. 